0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John.
1: Glory to you, Lord Christ.
0: When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ.
1: In the name of the risen Christ, amen. Amen. First of all, welcome, Sebastian and Jacob and your families. We're so glad you're here. Make whatever noise you want while I speak. (laughs) Now, one day many years ago, I asked God if my prayers were heard, if God was present, or if it was all for naught. And in the moment of my question, a cloud shifted, and I was surrounded by sunlight, and I knew myself to be in God's presence. Now, did, did God make the wind blow to move the water molecules that were condensed into cloud formation so that they would stop blocking the sun? Or did God place doubt and curiosity in my heart right before the wind blew just so? Or did I create an explanation so that I could see God at the intersection of my inner dialogue and nature's inevitable flow? God knows we don't not really, but so often we want to know, which is why Thomas's desire to know in some concrete way that Jesus had indeed risen from the dead. Is so authentic. We humans want to know. God has woven curiosity into us, and so at our best, we ask questions. When we are not at our best, maybe we forget to get curious, and instead we file complaints. This week, I filed the following complaint God, it is the week after Easter. Again, we have survived Lent and given ourselves to the joy and newness of Easter. Again, we are ready to live into that fresh new energy that you have given us in the resurrection. And I am looking at the readings for Sunday, and I have to talk about Thomas. Again, every year, the week after Easter, we talk about Thomas. We need something new. And then suddenly, as I filed this complaint, an idea. Maybe it was God's idea. Who knows? I decided to not talk about Thomas. I would just start my sermon by telling you all that if you really want to hear a sermon on Thomas, you can go to our brand new website and click on sermons and listen to other sermons about Thomas from other years. And this morning... I was going to talk about the other stuff that we read about, like how Jesus breathed on his disciples. He breathed on them. I love that part. He equipped them to do his work in the world by breathing on them. A definite sign that he was not a mirage or a figment of their imagination, but an actual live, in the flesh, breathing, resurrected Christ, who had returned to equip them for ministry. Breath is so sacramental and tangible, so like baptism when we get water and oil on us, so like the taking in of consecrated bread and wine into our bodies around this table so like all the ways that we move from our heads and into our bodies so that we can experience the love of God with every cell in us. I wanted to talk about Jesus breathing on us this morning because we get to baptize Jacob and Sebastian, two beautiful twin baby boys. And it just feels right to speak of Jesus' breath in our lives, in each of our lives, because maybe Jesus's breath breathed through us is our only hope of living into the vows that we take at baptism. So with all of this in mind, I went to the old sermons. So I could find one to tell you to listen to in case you wanted a particularly Thomasy sermon, which I'm not going to give you this morning. And I found that in 2013, I was the preacher, and I did talk about Thomas, and we did baptize two beautiful twin baby boys on that day as well. Now, the second Sunday of Easter is not a major baptism day in the Episcopal Church, nor is it traditional to baptize twins on this day, though Thomas was a twin. So it is a lovely day to celebrate twins. And actually, last night... I went on Facebook, and my godfather had written to wish me a happy baptism day. I did not realize it was that day. And so I asked Siri, Siri, when was Easter in 1978? And Siri said it was March 26th. So I was baptized on Thomas' day, too. So where is God in all of these consequences? Is it a consequence? Or is God talking to us? We don't know. God knows. So back to my conversation with God a couple of days ago. I asked God if I could just change the names of the twin baby boys and preach the same sermon that I preached three years ago and call it a day. And God said no. (laughs) Well, maybe I said no to myself. I can't be sure if it was God's no or my no, which is the tricky thing about these conversations with God, right? Only God knows the fullness of the mysteries that we catch just the slightest glimpse of. But I have a hunch that God takes pleasure in the glimpses that we do catch and offers glimpses that will speak to each of us in a variety of ways, in all the ways that we perceive. Perhaps in our breathing, we experience God's breath on us. Perhaps with God's breath on us, the Holy Spirit can pour herself into our lives with each inhale and out into the world through us with each exhale. Perhaps in our praying, we experience God's patience listening. Perhaps in God's patient listening, our life stories get told. Perhaps in our baptisms, we experience the quenching of our thirst for meaning in our lives. Perhaps in finding meaning, we find God. Perhaps in our doubt, we experience God's joy that we have turned our attention to what God might be up to. He knows what God's up to, but we lose it when we're adults, a little bit. Perhaps as we strain to see what God is up to, we find it. Perhaps in the embrace of another, we find ourselves in God's embrace. And perhaps when we find ourselves in God's embrace, we are healed. Perhaps in our listening, we hear something God has been hoping to say to us. And perhaps when God speaks, we discover that we can hear beyond the vibrations of physical sound. Perhaps in our communal proclamations of faith and our baptismal vows, we experience God wanting to bring about the fullness of love in the world through our hands, our hearts, our relationships, our prayers, our questions and doubts, our curiosities, our bodies, our breath, our whole selves. And perhaps when Jesus breathes on us as Jesus breathed on his disciples, when water gets poured on us, when we are marked with oil as Christ's own and sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism, we get filled. With the Holy Spirit, the spirit that Christ sent to us when he could no longer be in the flesh himself. And perhaps when we are filled with that Holy Spirit, we can breathe more deeply, heal more fully, and love more widely. In our human state, perhaps we can't know much of anything for sure. We can't know for sure in the concrete way that humans like to know things if our prayers make any difference or if God is all the things that we think God might be or if Jesus really did come back from the dead or if the Holy Spirit really does live in our breath. And maybe that is what faith is all about, leaning toward all the possibilities of God in our lives. Surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit, yelling through babies and singing through hymns, trying to perceive the love of Christ all around us, even though we can't actually touch Jesus. Not yet. But I have faith that if we keep on keeping on with all of our curiosity and wonder and love, the day will come when we will know beyond knowing. The one who said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The one who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. Amen.